Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Table Topics Podcast. My name is Caleb. Joining me, as always, are... Edis. Christian. Santiago. And today we got a fun episode, if you're into that Marvel, if you're into that DC, or any third type of comic. (laughs) (laughs) Or Or superhero-related media. media. (laughs) Because we'll be talking about mutants and masterminds today. That's a little bit of a tongue twister. Mutants and masterminds, mutants and masterminds, mutants and masterminds. Okay, I mean, like, you didn't have to show off like that, you know? What okay. the fuck? It's all right. He's, okay. he's trying his best. All right. Look, his look best. I got a lot of words to say. It's not really a tongue twister. I just tried to say that to, you know, keep it going and, like, you know. But thanks for doing that. Okay, appreciate that. Okay, so. Welcome back to another. <laughs> we could have kept going. We could have kept going. No, yeah. we could have. We could have. We, we we're we're gonna still gonna. <laughs> All right. So the first thing we're going to be talking about is the system, right? Like, yeah. what, what is Mutants and Masterminds? Why don't you fill us in, Santiago? Uh, Mutants and Masterminds 3rd Edition is what we ended up playing, but it is a system that has its origins uh, with the original OGL gaming license, where basically 3.5 edition D&D got opened up under a license that anybody could use and modify using the basic rules, and the first edition of Mutants and Masterminds started as a modification of Dungeons & Dragons 3.5, and then... After two editions, Mutants and Masterminds has evolved to still be a D20-based system, but a lot of its other systems, like skills, powers, feats, or advantages, are so wildly different that you wouldn't, like, you should not confuse the two. Like, you wouldn't be able to confuse the two. Yeah, and especially, like, you know, every game goes through iterations. Uh, That's definitely, like, the history and the guts behind it, but... What it conceptually is, is a superhero, supervillain, mutants, you know, that sort of thing based system, right? That's mm-hmm. yeah. the main draw to it is, oh, I want to play superheroes yeah. or something adjacent, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like it a lot in that aspect. It's because it's like it has the stake where it's like it wants to cover this certain like niche of story, this certain type of storytelling, and I feel like a lot of the things in the system are designed around that, and you can tell. Like, it's designed to be doing superhero or comic character things. Yeah. I I really like it because it's it's set up as a, you are heroes. Like, with with other systems, I feel like you're not set up as that, like, out the Mm -hmm. gate. Like, obviously, Dungeons and Dragons and other games are, like, that's what you do, and become right but you're kind of out the gate you will be a hero yeah. or or something else but like yeah. you're this big thing it's a game that really takes flavor first where you have an idea for a type of superhero that you want to play and you can make it the rules are so incredibly flexible that no matter what kind of superpowers no matter how wacky they are you can find a way to make it work using the Mutants and Masterminds rule set in a way that will mechanically be represented how you imagine the powers acting out in any given situation, which is really cool. Like, uh, for the one-shot, I tried to make as crazy and as unintuitive a power as I could just to really test the limits of the system. Um, And what I ended up making was a guy who can make, like, 
portable holes onto surfaces and uh, ended up using it not just to like, you know, walk through walls, but also, uh, you know, stored stuff inside of himself and used them to like kind of launch projectiles and travel immense dis distances in short amounts of time. And by establishing rules for your powers and how you think it works and walking through that character creation process, you can actually end up using your powers in some really fun, interesting ways that is not how you originally envisioned, just as you're playing and mm -hmm. learning new things about your power as you go. Yeah, yeah. and it is a process. Oh, yeah. 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 I uh, mean, speaking to that, like, you got to know what you're going to be creating yeah. before you start character creation. Like, you want to know what your power is, what they do before yeah. you even start, right? That's what you said. So yeah, when, yeah. When we you you want to you have, like, a, a concept of the character down, what they're able to do, what their powers are, before you really begin character creation. Because if you start character creation without a firm idea of what you want your character to be, character creation becomes this outlandish hellscape of options upon options upon variations upon alternatives that all you could convince yourself to say yeah that makes sense for my character and it ultimately waters down your character concept yeah uh, we're talking about mechanics a little bit and i, I want to come back to that just so we have a solid idea so it's a d20 based system most things uh like most things you're trying to do you're rolling it d20 to succeed plus adding a modifier or you know in some cases subtracting a modifier if you're awful at something it's you know that's similar to DD &D. uh there's also a skill set like a default skill set that uh tries to cover most things that will come up uh but then you can also add things like for example the expertise skill is just like you can take it as many times as you want and just name it different. Have it be yeah. representative, yeah, of, something representative of something else that is not covered by the existing skills. And so, again, it's fairly system that uh, fairly straightforward that way. You have resistances, you have uh, a bunch of stuff. It, from that aspect, reminds me of something halfway between D&D &D and games like Shadowrun or Eclipse Phase. Uh, we haven't talked about Eclipse Phase yet, but uh, we've talked about Shadowrun, where it's like it is the dice system of D&D, but the skill system of Shadowrun. Mm. That's basically what it's like, right? It's I mean, it, it is a point-by character creation system. Yeah. So, by its very essence, its skill system is similar to Shadowrun in the yeah. sense that you pay for points into a particular skill. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking that, I was also thinking the fact, like, it has aspects like when you roll to attack someone, they're also rolling to defend. Uh, or no, not rolling to defend, but rolling to resist damage. Which is similar to Shadowrun. Yeah, similar to Shadowrun. Yeah. So, like, things like that I was uh, I was looking at. Uh, and, like, attacks have, like, a default damage rating regardless of, you know, how you're attacking. You know, it's not like you're rolling a dice for the damage yeah. when you attack. Uh, and so it's, like, aspects that, like that. It's, like, oh, a little bit similar to Shadowrun, a little bit similar to D&D. I feel like... Gameplay-wise, it's, like, mechanics is also, like, a, the touch more involved than D&D. Like, if you ignore the powers, which can, like, you know, really change with mechanics, I feel like it's very similar to D&D, but it's, like, everything requ requires either a bit more math or, you know, a touch more 
like one more dice roll than it would in D anD. d Yeah, I think that's sure. that's more because it is more detailed. Like yeah. it cares about the details a lot more yeah. than D anD. d does. Yeah. Uh, Santi, you you'll have more context on this since you were GMing. But mm-hmm. there was literally a table that was like, based on your powers and your abilities, this is how fast it takes you to go somewhere, and like, this is how much you can carry, or this is how, you know, far a distance you can travel. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very comprehensive. It is, a, it is an extremely comprehensive chart that mm-hmm. it has, and even at the beginning of the book, it has a section like, how do you calculate how long it takes for you to get there? Well, you have your time rank, and you have your speed rank, and you have equals distance. <laughs> and you can just use that equation and figure out how how fast you need to be to get there in this amount of time. Like, it's basic math, but, yeah. like, it's it, explain, it uses uh, the game mechanic ranking system mm-hmm. to be able to put it together. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it has that big old chart specifically so that you're able to put things together in a context that, you know, we have the, because it, it ultimately the powers and immunes of masterminds are abstractions. Like, mm-hmm. like in character creation, it is very abstract. It's very flexible because of that. And you add the flavor to it. Uh, and that abstraction lets you be able to do very, what in other systems would be complicated difficulty check adjustments or challenge ratings and be able to say, no, you have this power, it means this, therefore it takes you this long to get there. And you can just be very certain about it. Yeah, It's kind of like, uh, and th- things that aren't as, I guess, concrete about like, oh, distance, time is your speed, right? There's things like uh, your strength. <laughs> like, oh, I have a strength score of five, and it kind of gives you the an example of what you'd be able to do. Like, oh, to crush steel, you need at least a strength of seven, Stuff like that. So it's really nice for a GM to be like, oh, well, it doesn't hit this, so you're going to need to uh, make a, a power, a power stone stone or, or something else to supplement that. I just realized I was, I, uh, in a very long way, what I wanted to say is it's more crunchy than D&D. Yep. But not as bad, like not to the level of that Shadron tries to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not overly so. It's not overly so. However. But, however, you know, it, it being more cr- crunchy... For me personally, I prefer games that are a bit more crunchy, that you know, let you see the like that have a more detailed view on what happens yeah. in the world, ra- mm-hmm. rather than being more loose with mechanics. Yeah. Speaking of crunch versus like not crunch, uh, like fluff or fluff. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Uh, I think what gets really kind of crunchy. I mean, crunchy is usually reserved for when you're playing the game, I guess, but. Mm-hmm. I guess complexity versus more simple is character creation versus playing the game, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and we kind of talked about it, but like, if it's similar to the amount of like, times you're rolling in D&D, like that's relatively simple, mm-hmm. whereas character creation, that's a process. Like that's... I, I would actually say it's a more involved process oh, than even Exalted. Definitely. Like, you, could, you, could, you could roll out three or four detailed exalted characters in the time, basic characters, mm-hmm. in the time it takes to make a standard Moon's Masterminds character. Yeah. I, as a person who did both, firmly disagree. Yeah? Uh, mm-hmm. Exalted is so much more reading up front. That's true. Whereas Mutants and Masterminds is just kind of fiddling with dials. I think once you're good at Mutants and Masterminds and understand the rule system, it's probably pretty 
That's the thing. That's yeah, fun. definitely. But I think starting from zero. Yes, yeah, starting from zero is a lot. I prefer mutants and masterminds, but just mm. barely. Fair. Mm. I have a different perspective on this because for me, from what I've experienced, which is not a lot for mutants and masterminds, I think it is the most involved character creation I've been like I've tried for any system. How dare you disagree with me? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the thing about Exalted is ultimately all you're doing with character creation is just picking. Yeah. Ultimately, it's just picking. So, yes, there's a lot of things to choose, a lot of options in, in Exalted, but ultimately you're just choosing options. Mutants and Masterminds, if you have a power in mind, takes a lot of work and finagling and yeah, it's uh, like problem solving. Yeah, a of. lot of problem solving mm. to put together a thing that does what you're imagining. A little bit of a galaxy brain. You kind of have to be like, wait, 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 what about this? Does yes. it make sense with this? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and like, and you'll still miss things. Like for my character, I still miss some things because just, you know, I wasn't thinking about it. And so I, I my character could fly. It's They were like, uh, they had Angel. angel-like uh, powers. Nephilim. Uh, yeah, Nephilim type thing. And so it's like, okay, they have wings, they can fly. And just that took like a solid half hour to an hour to figure out wings and can fly. And I missed how fast they're flying. I just ended up just picking a number that worked with my points. But uh, also and, that number I, ended up making your fly speed be... It, ridiculous. Yes. Like a and, third of the speed of sound. Yeah, and I missed <laughs> the fact, and I gave them a bunch of like enhanced physique stuff, and I missed the fact they also should have been able to run faster than a normal person, but I didn't include that, and so they did it. And so it's like, <laughs> yeah. it, it's, it's, easy, it's very easy, I feel like, with mutants and masterminds to end up with something awkward, and like it's a lot yeah. of effort to like unawkward yeah. to, to make To make a concise holistic character yeah like, and like consistent and like easily usable it's, it's a discussion it's a back and forth with like almost like everybody mm-hmm. like just so you can actually understand what am i actually building here yeah, like, like does it do everything i want it to do yeah i think yeah. the mutants and masterminds is the easiest game to make a bad character <laughs> yeah like, yeah, definitely. It, yeah like you can make objectively a really garbage character uh, which is something really difficult to do in D&D or uh, and, even and Exalted to yeah. a certain extent because all of the charms you're picking from, they're all doing something. They're all doing something. Mm-hmm. They're all good and useful. Uh, but you can go way too narrow in Mutants and Masterminds so to the severe detriment of your character. Yeah. Uh, and it's so it's interesting. I agree with you from that perspective that to get the character you want can be a lot harder. It's a bit yeah. of work. Like yeah. it, it's definitely a bit of work, but I feel like once you get the character that you mm-hmm. want and it can do the things, like yeah. if if after that, you know, one shot, you went back and kind of fixed everything, yeah. I feel like from that point on playing the game, mm-hmm. it's going to be very smooth sailing from there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have more to say about the character creation, but mm-hmm. like just to back you up real quick. Yes, I absolutely agree. I think playing it was super smooth and super fun. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the character creation, it's, as you said, easy to make bad characters and easy to make characters that don't do what you want. Mm -hmm. Like, you look at a power, it's like, okay, I want my character to be able to dissolve into water. And so you'll pick, you know, uh, something that can make them insubstantial uh, in a liquid form and do that stuff. And then 
you make it and then it still doesn't do what you want. You're like, oh, I want to suffocate. And it's like, your power doesn't allow you to do yeah. that. You don't have the capability to do that. Even though, like, and so, obviously you should be able to. Yeah, right? and so you yeah. have to have thought about all these, like... All the use cases. All the use cases. Yeah. Uh, for your ability. And if you don't, you can make it a thing that is literally unusable mm. uh, the way that you were intending to use it. Yeah. And there are, like built-in mechanical, like, release valves in yeah. the system to yeah. kind of help you with that. Yeah. Like, the whole concept of power stunting, where yes. where you can get an alternative use of your power that you didn't initially start with, but, yeah. like, is within your framework. Yeah. That's a way to kind of, like, get something that you didn't plan on regularly yeah. using, but yeah. makes sense that your character would have. But even then, you kind of have, you still have to have, like, that base power yeah. of, like, you have to yeah. have your base power kind of properly configured to be able to have a power stunt that actually does yeah. what you want to do. Yeah. Uh, power stunting is actually a pretty cool mechanic. So, and it's a pretty cool release valve. Because, I think uh, it's more of like a band-aid in that case though. Like, yeah, for, but, for things that you want to be doing with the power, I feel like you got to go back to character creation, yeah, right? Yes. But if it is like once in a blue moon, I think that's perfect. For yeah. I, I really stunt. like it. So the power stunting mechanic, it's basically yeah. you can... Do one of two things. One, you can spend a uh, hero point for it, which is uh, kind of similar to uh, what's it called in Edge. D&D? Uh, oh, Edge inspiration. Inspiration in inspiration, D&D. Yeah. Yes, it's kind of similar to inspiration in D&D. You can hold multiple, and you get them mostly when your character is facing adversity related to their weakness. Adversity related to anything related to their character, whether it's yeah. their powers being negated because uh, it's encountered a, a specific weakness, yeah. or because a portion of their background is being brought up because, mm-hmm. and it's adversely like creating the, the the negative consequences of the of the story, like. Yeah. You know, if you're an alien, but nobody knows you're an alien, and suddenly the the story turns to the government has found out, and your your group's being tracked down. Yeah, yeah. you would get hero points because. Yeah. yeah, I feel like it encourages narrative adversities. It encourages players like Chris, who are min maxers, to build in weakness into their characters, Be build in flaws. Yeah, yeah. B- build, building in flaws uh, for their characters because they're like, I want those yeah. sweet <laughs> hero <laughs> points. Give me, give me those hero points. Yeah, yeah it's. It, it does two things simultaneously. One is it is a, a metagame resource for players, yeah. which I'm I'm always a fan of, like Edge and Shadowrun yeah. or Inspiration in D anD. d It's like mm-hmm. out of game when something is important to me and I want to be able to mechanically impact the story and like push my character. I have the option to do that, yeah. Uh, so that you're not just always at the whim to a single d20 roll. Yeah, it's like I can put the finger on the scale a little bit. Yeah, my mean rather than my player. Yeah. yeah. The the thing about power stunting though is that it is a mechanic that you don't need hero points that's, to to use. That's what I was getting mm-hmm. at, and that is also another cool metagame thing where you can choose for your character to basically get injured or you know get a negative thing on them a negative condition in exchange for doing the same thing you would do with a hero point more or less Mm -hmm. and you can use it to basically increase make a power stronger like you were saying like maybe you have a strength of six with your superpower and you need a strength seven to crush steel you can use that power point to push your strength to seven 
or you can use it to do something that you can't quite do with the way that your power is set up, but it's plausible for your power to be able to do that. And so it's like the situation where you're like, I never thought I'd be choking someone uh, with the water that I turn into, but I am in a situation where I want to suffocate someone. And so I spend the power point. I can do that with, uh, sorry, not spend, uh, I power stunt. So spend a hero point or take a negative and I'm able to, in this scene, suffocate them with my power. It's it's very cool from meta aspect, yeah. but yeah, I was using an analogy uh, at the uh, end of our character creation with Santi, where it's like the character creation I feel for Mutants and Masterminds is like putting a computer together, but you're not even putting it together with computer parts. You're getting like the parts that make computer parts, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and it's like okay, you have to put from those parts put together the computer parts, and then you put together yeah. all the computer parts to get a computer. Here's the resistors, here's the wires, now yeah. make RAM. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, and it's like, if you don't know what you're doing, this is like, I don't even know where to start. I yeah. just got loose resistors and wires everywhere. But if you know where you're, what you're doing, it's like a straightforward process, and you get something very clean and sleek. Santi's response at the time was like, he was like, yeah, it's that's a perfect analogy because you finish, you put together your computer and you're like, yay, it works. And, and then, then it you, doesn't. <laughs> and then you look online and you see what other people's computers are like and yeah. they're like half the price and they do like twice what your computer does. <laughs> yeah, and then you're like looking back at it like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like that's the thing about it being so, I guess, verbose is it yeah. can do so much and it allows for so much, but that means there's so many options and so many ways for you to fuck it up, I think. <laughs> That being said, fairly large community, you can, if you don't want to deal with the hassle, just use pre-gen characters. Yeah. I, I think that Definitely. of all of or the... Pre -gen powers, yeah. Or pre-gen powers. Yeah. Or pre-gen characters and just modify yeah, it slightly. Just yeah. I think of all of the systems that we have played so far, mm -hmm. this is the one that I advocate for pre-gen characters by <laughs> far the most. Even if you're doing a longer form campaign, there's real value in just... Yeah. Making a pre-gen yeah. character and then doing all of the flavor and background stuff for it. Mm -hmm. And then not worrying about the mechanic side. Yeah. Yeah, the, like, the, the, the other thing is that the game comes... That doesn't come with, but there's a huge supplementary book section for this game called uh, Power... I'm trying to remember the name now. Power Charts? Power no, no, no. But basically, they're, they're supplemental books that basically, like, one of them will be like fire powers and then in that book will give you examples of commonly used yeah, fire flame powers. breath or generate turn into a fireball turn or into a fireball or be immune to cold or yeah. stuff like that and it'll give you examples of how those powers would be constructed using the systems yeah oh we've been like skirting around a, a little bit uh, and i just want to sorry i just want to build off what he was saying about using pre-gen characters and there being a large community about it there's there's a lot of like characters that are built out on like you know, subreddit, or there's that one person yeah. who built a bunch of characters. Yeah, like all the DC, all of the DC, all the Marvel ones, even yeah. like more on top of that. Yeah, he's he's doing a bunch of comic heroes. I can't remember his name right now. We'll link it in the description. Yeah. So uh, yeah. go ahead and check that out if you're interested in Mutants of Masterminds. He's done a very excellent and thorough job, and I referenced it for my character yeah. in a few spots, being like, Same. how to how to make this work. And I just thought it's like, okay, what superhero character has this ability and then looked it up and like he has made the full character and I'm there are a few spots where I'm like oh that's very clever the way he's done that okay yeah. that's it gave me like ideas of how to make things work 
And there's also the Excel sheet that we used, or some of us ended up using yeah, to, with the calculations to help yeah. everything fit. So it, there are supplemental resources out there, really good ones to help you with the... made and they're yeah. excellent. Yeah, it really helps with the character creation process. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing for, we're talking about Eclipse Phase a little bit in this. Yeah. Same thing for Eclipse Phase, it also has a huge pretty community. huge community, pretty extensive character creation process. But there are resources out there. Mm-hmm. Chummer, was it? No, that, that's Shadowrun. Shadow uh, sorry. But th- there's a auto-generator. Yeah, there's for, an auto-generator. Uh, for, like Excel sheet for character sheets. Exactly. If we keep yeah. talking about Eclipse phase in every episode, eventually we can just like... Splice it all splice together. Splice it all yeah, together. Exactly. <laughs> and put together a whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, the, uh, Halloween special. Halloween yeah. special. <laughs> Uh, we've talked about it a little bit. Uh, just to give you a clear idea, uh, making powers. It's the coral book has a bunch of power. What are they called? Components. Abilities. Yeah, power components. Yeah. Components. So power components, and you put together power components for powers. Some some powers are like a single power component, like super strength, and you just take enhanced enhanced ability strength, strength. and yeah. it's straightforward. Yeah. Uh, like that. But, but we, we, say, that, yes, we say yes, it's yes, straightforward, yes. but it's I not, know. because there's extra extras that I know, change I it. Uh, you could, and then there's a bunch of modifiers and uh, you can add to the uh, power components. Or make it weaker. Uh, yeah, uh, to modifiers, that's why yeah. I said modifiers. To yeah. enhance or put flaws and you know what have you to mm. power components, and then you could put together power components for powers, and your character basically has these powers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Power components could be something like uh, uh, an example that uh, we have from uh, our session is uh, your poison eyes, right? Uh, yeah, so yeah that exactly. It, it, that was a power with like separate, a bunch yeah, of different exactly. components, right? Because yeah, it had. It was actually technically two powers because yeah, they were linked. There was a couple powers in yeah. there, right? Because there was the acid eyes, yeah. which um, dealt damage, dealt damage, but also had affliction, but also. This is the thing about the powers, right? It, I also had the ability to, like, you know, see in thermal vision, yeah, thermal, right? Yeah. And so that's the thing; it's all being used by my eyes, but I can't use all the same three at the same time. So that falls into another aspect of it, right? Yeah, yeah. You can also, yeah, set up powers to be like alternative versions of the same power, and that way you pay a reduced cost, but you can only use one of the two alternatives at the same time. I think that's the most unique and quintessential aspect of Munes of Masterminds is that concept which in in the rule book and in the community is known as an array. Yeah. yeah. It's it's that's the thing. You if we're going back to super strength yeah. for an example, mm-hmm. it's okay, so how does your super strength work? Are you always strong? Do you have to activate your strength? Yeah. Or do you have equipment that makes you strong? Like, there's so many things to think about. Yeah, does something stop stop your strength? Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know? Because there's, like, Deku from My Hero Academia, where it's like, I gotta activate it, yeah. and if I go too hard, I'll break my arm. Yeah. Because exactly. he doesn't have super toughness, he doesn't have anything else, he can just punch real hard once. Yeah. <laughs> and, so, and you can accidentally make that character yeah. in Mastermind. Accidentally, like, accidentally, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you're like, oh, I want to make a super strong character, you forget to make him tough as well, then, you know, he punches through the wall, and it's like, there goes your arm. (laughs) What? Your arm is dust now. (laughs) But you destroyed that train. (laughs) Uh, And and yeah, it's funny, like, because the default version of Enhanced Strength is the is the deco version, which isn't always on. And you might make the character and you're like, I want to be like Superman, where it's like, he's always that strong, unless, you know, he encounters Kryptonite. Uh, But he's always that strong. 
but you look at it and you're like, okay, he just needs enhanced strength. That's it. No, you have to make it so that that, that is permanently there unless he's uh, yeah. uh, exposed to kryptonite. Because, yeah. you, because it's a point-by system, yeah. you can just buy points in strength, yeah. which wouldn't count as a power, so you would always have it forever and there's no weakness. Yeah. Yeah. But because it is a power and it does have a weakness, you have to get super strength from enhanced ability and so, then add a caveat that it your weakness to it is kryptonite yeah. yeah and your power doesn't like, work like kryptonite. that simple yeah. aspect of superman has three more steps than just be strong yeah, yeah but but the effect is be strong unless green rock yeah you know and, and be it, strong always unless green rock <laughs> yeah, exactly. yes. oh god it's almost like programming yeah, yeah. yeah. see there's there's a lot that you have to consider and yeah. this is why i'm like it's like you know putting together a computer right it's like <laughs> so. it, there's a lot of small like optimizations you can make yeah um a very cool one we had from the one shot is i think uh nick nick did a very cool thing where he his character is a freaky character it was a pile of sentient centipedes that are like hive mind and they're trying to be a person just just the fact that you can make that character and it worked mechanically super well yeah huge props to the system for the record in the one shot it worked really well yeah Mm -hmm. again Mechanically, I was the most impressed by that one. Not because it made the weird flavor work, just because mm-hmm. I felt like his character was the best optimized in oh, some 100%. ways. I, think I so, loved yeah. it. And so he his character has an ability that makes him appear human. But his character is also, he's like, oh, it's a pile of stuff to meet. I want them to be able to climb walls as, uh, as well. And I want them to be able to sneak into narrow spaces because, you know, the pile of centipedes. They're can, centipedes. They can yeah. fit anywhere a, a centipede can fit. And so rather than make those separate powers, you know, appearing human and being and climbing walls and, you know, squeezing through, he made them one power with alternate forms. Because yeah. he's like, when I'm climbing walls I, or squeezing through gaps, I don't appear human. Yeah. And so it's an alternate version of appearing human is uh, climbing walls. Which and, means he saves a lot on power. Points. Which means or, sorry, he saves a lot on points. points. Yeah. yeah. Uh, saves a lot on points and can do the things that he wants and it makes sense and it's I, I, I was very impressed with that small bit of optimization he did I feel like if you're going to play the game create your character it's going to be a lot then play it and then fix your character yes, yes. <laughs> that, that, that's, a, that's a good shout out the, uh, the other thing being this, this one definitely if you're making characters have one or two session zeros because hmm. It's going to need it. If yeah. I was GMing in your shoes, and not for the one shot, if but I was, was going to do a campaign of this, I would probably have a full uh, session zero for each character. Like, mm. we have four players, we're doing four session zeros, That'll four three-hour session zeros before we start. Start with the person who's most comfortable with yeah. the system, and then move on, because that way you'll yeah. get to see how people can optimize the powers yeah. and how mm. they work together. Yeah, and, and even if, like, some people end up leaving early or not everyone sticks around for someone else's session zero, just the fact that you will be able to sit with them and figure out their characters, I feel like, like mechanically, yeah. how the, the flavor-wise, how their character works... Is going to be very sweet. But yeah, come up with a character and what you want them to be able to do with their powers. And then that's when you go. It's, yeah. it's not like, a, yeah, I'll be a ranger and then we'll see what happens when I hit a specific level where I actually have to decide. It's no, you got to know. Yeah, what the decisions do. are all front loaded. Yeah. And that contributes itself to the progression in Mutants and Masterminds, of which mm-hmm. there really isn't. It's yeah. it's Moons and Masterminds is supposed to replicate a lot of like 
comic book storylines and comic book progression and it's supposed yeah. to feel like you're you know in a comic book superhero <laughs> whatever uh and because of that progression is strange so yeah. one thing is that a campaign will have what's known as a power level that basically limits uh, the abilities and the powers that characters can have in that campaign. It also sets how many points you have at character creation also, to make your character. It also sets the baseline. The yeah, GM the baseline. can change those. Yeah, but there's like a difficulty for yeah. enemies and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And so in a campaign that's, let's say, power level 8, the only reason that it would increase in power level is if the scope of the campaign increased. Yeah. yeah. So a power level 8 campaign is like superheroes in a city and the only reason it would go to power level 10 is now those superheroes are part of a global network fighting the end of the world yeah it's like spider-man going from uh new york city to joining the avengers exactly fighting on uh fighting like you know interplanetary exactly exactly so the story has to change for the power level to increase and for like the characters to grow stronger yeah and that's the power level so those are the limits and you you, players can't uh, characters can earn more points to invest in their character but because of that limitation of the campaign if they already have maxed out their their defensive stats which it's encouraged because Mm -hmm. that's kind of like a metric for the game master to be like this is difficult this Mm -hmm. is easy etc they really only can improve by getting equipment or improving their skills that they might not have had or getting new powers or alternative powers. I was going to say, like, if we're thinking about it as a comic book character or multiple characters, you know, adventuring into the world and just fighting crime or whatever, Mm -hmm. then all of those characters, they usually just have all their powers, right? Like, they start with everything. There's either an inciting event or they're from somewhere else, but they usually have all their powers. Very rarely, they, they, they get more. Exactly. They lock in real early. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like, this is what you do, and then, like, you know, it's up to lazy writing, they get another thing. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, in most cases, <laughs> okay. the, the storyline is, how do these characters with these powers overcome this enemy? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, that's a very interesting, like, narrative description for it. And, again, because... Uh, what I was saying in the beginning, it's the game is written for those comic book stories. That's why these mechanics are like that, to encourage yeah. that aspect of it, to encourage that, you know, uh, that character strife. Uh, I feel like the way it's written, it's also there's a, a level of implication that character death is not like a big part of the story usually. As it, it usually isn't in a com- uh, in a comic unless it's like a major major story yeah. point. Mm-hmm. So this is not a your this is not a uh, you know your mud. What did you say when we were doing Blades in the Dark? It's like your oh, dirt or oh, something yeah, like yeah. that. You're grimy, you know, kind of yeah, like the characters are like the bottom of the barrel exactly. and like expendable. No, like the 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 story is about these characters. The world, you know, spins around these characters. They're think, in the center yeah. of the world. I think it definitely lends itself to that sort yeah. of campaign where it is like, yeah, you're fighting and it's not like a you're insubstantial in the world and you yeah. just like, you know, yeah, dirt on someone's shoe and yeah, yeah if you die, you mm-hmm. die and that's gonna probably happen. No, probably not. And yeah. you can write it that way, like yeah. obviously with there, there were hard like 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 the grimy the, the grimy I mean mm-hmm. uh, like nineteen eighties and nineties like 
you know, like Watchmen. <laughs> yeah, like Watchmen. Like yeah, like Watchmen can be done immune to masterminds yeah. because yes. there is death mechanics yeah. in yeah. the game. It's just hard to die unless the odds are very severely stacked. I feel like it's hard to you. die unless the story is written that way. Yeah, because I feel like again everything about this is like you've got to start with this story to do the other things. Yeah. But, but also, unless your party is on board, don't kill characters. It's such a pain in the ass to make a new one. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of killing characters, uh, what do you guys think about the way damage and health works in the game? I think it's really interesting. I, yeah. I kind of like it in terms... It kind of reminds me a bit of Exalted in that way, where it is kind of like build up, build up, build up to one decisive, like, like ending. Final blow. Yeah, like yeah. a final blow. Like, how it works, right, is you, whenever you deal damage, there's no health tracks, right? It is, you want to incur negatives. You want to get them to a lower rung on the ladder. There's four levels. Um, they each do uh, something different. They each yeah. incur a negative modifier. Yeah. To a new condition. So, yeah. yeah, so when you're... Uh, when you let's say Suki sees that hitting, and you deal, yeah. and you're gonna deal damage depending on how bad, how well you succeeded, and what your the damage yeah, value of your attack, yeah, they so. get a value they have to beat. So with their resistance, with their resistance roll, they roll their resistance roll, and depend if they succeed, they don't take any damage. But if they fail, depending on how bad they fail, they take like a basically minus one, minus two, minus three, minus four. Uh, uh, so so the way it works is... <laughs> yes, but uh, with conditions. <laughs> yeah. So, so um, Mutants of Masterminds works on a margin of success, margin of error yeah. system. So every five above the number or every five below the number is an additional margin of success or yeah. error. When they fail mm-hmm. a resistance check, if they face it, fail it just with one margin of error then they get an increasing penalty of minus one minus to one. their yeah. uh, resistance checks. Yeah. yeah. So basically it makes it more likely that they'll fail in the future. If they fail with two degrees, they also they get the minus one and they get dazed. If they fail it with three degrees, they get minus one and they get, I believe, staggered. Mm-hmm. And then if they get staggered again, they're knocked out. Or if they fail it by four degrees or more, they're incapacitated. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's where you, that's what ends a fight is getting them to incapacity. Exactly. <laughs> yes. From my understanding, also if their total minuses is lower than their toughness, it's more than their toughness. Nope. Or was there something like just that? Just go no. again for just one more and <laughs> yeah. come to negative four. Oh, toughness is part of their resistance roll. Right. D- that's toughness what it is, is yeah. their resistance roll. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. For not everything is the thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, for their resistance roll specifically, it is. Yeah. Well, I mean something like. Affliction can still knock them out, but you wouldn't oh, be ro- yes. rolling with your toughness. You'd be rolling with, like, with fortitude or yeah, whatever or else the power. Sometimes. Yeah, it's it's interesting talking about the mechanics because there are the core mechanics, but then also powers just muck with all that. Yeah. It's like you you do what the power says rather than like what the mechanics but would probably say. When you have your powers and your character, yeah. it's like, this is what the power does. It's yeah, very, it's very clear. Oh, very, yeah, it's yeah. very clear. Like the power will say, "Resisted with fortitude," and so it's like, okay, you're not rolling toughness to resist the damage. You're rolling fortitude. It's clear. It's that yeah. simple. Yeah, it. The mechanics reinforce the flavor a lot because yeah. it has those, you know, more cinematic Marvel movie type fights where it's like you go to blows until one guy finally gets the big decisive. Uh, final hit, and it's just, you know, progressive weakness and, like, getting beat down. Yeah. Um, but 
there's always the opportunity for the underdog story where you roll high and they roll like garbage. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter if you're getting your ass beat. It only requires like one or two really bad resistance checks to be completely out. Yeah. Um, I, and I was like, what can help with that? Hero points. When we're yeah. talking about the metagame, it's like you want to push that underdog story because I think hero points could be used to re-roll a dice, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, so I, I really enjoy the the way damage and fighting is done. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I would like it as much as a GM, but it feels cinematic as, as a player, but yeah. I'm not sure how encounter design would really, like, I'm not sure how many levers you have as a GM for encounter design to make things difficult or feel more dangerous other than just increasing numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, uh, I think a, a good suggestion for that that's in the rule book and the, and the Game Master's Guide is that you kind of want to take elements from like comic book stories to, to be the reference for it. So numbers works, sure. Mm-hmm. Like, like, you know, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Daredevil, all fighting a bunch of like hand ninjas, mm-hmm. like a bunch of ninjas. That, they are, that is a perilous fight. Mm-hmm. But uh, alternatively, if it's, you know, one or two villains and then a team of superheroes, but it's a, an environmental challenge. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, in the one shot, if you were fighting in a very cold place, it would be to the detriment of um, uh, the good doctor. Yeah, my one. character, the snake one. Yeah. 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 Like, it's cool. uh, I feel like the other thing is, again, in, in superhero comics, the more interesting villains are not the ones that are simply stronger. It's mm-hmm. always the ones that, like... Hone in on the weakness of... Hone in on the weakness yeah. or work in a way that your character doesn't. So, like, what yeah. if you're fighting an enemy that is insubstantial to vis- physical damage? Or does not uh, deal damage to toughness, deals, you know, uh, damage with something else. Or or a circumstance where defeating the villain is like a dilemma between defeating him or dealing with the circumstance that he's put upon you. Yeah, Yeah. like the Joker situation where it's like, you know, beat me or like, go save the city. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think that's the only, like, that's most Superman, like, encounters that he gets into (laughs) because it's either Green Rock or... Oh, some moral dilemma or yeah. ethical dilemma yeah. that I have to... I can get kill him, but yeah. this would affect so many different things that I believe yeah. in. Right? And, and that's that's probably the more interesting way to do it, where mm-hmm. it's like, okay, well, you got a bunch of superheroes, instead of just everyone's going to roll dice until the bad guy falls down, it's like, okay, you got the bad guy, and there's a volcano, and there's a bunch of bunch of civilians. Yeah. yeah. Who's dealing with the bad guy? Who's getting the civilians out? How are like how are you managing the, the crisis yeah, yeah. in addition to the fight? Because yeah. you got to think about it like a superhero yeah, or comic. like a comic. Yeah, exactly. That those situations happen in comics. Like yeah. there will be a school bus over a volcano. Mm-hmm. Why? I mean, because the super villain villain wanted to do that, right? Yeah. Like, their weakness is their sentimentality. I will use that against them. And Quick, lava. Fetch me, and lava. Quick, fetch me a school school bus of children and head for Honolulu. <laughs> 
But I mean, like, you know, that's cliche, but, you know, sometimes it's fun to do cliche like that. <laughs> is the school bus full of children in Honolulu cliche? <laughs> <laughs> it's so tired. Honestly, the school bus of children Definitely. in danger? Yes, Definitely. cliche. That's like the the Superman, Spider-Man, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, uh, uh, Batman, you see that all the time. Not Batman, Batman. Batman is different. Batman <laughs> don't care about no children in the <laughs> yeah. school bus. But, but, but that's the thing, it's... It's the fun of being able to explore those types of stories that and yeah. enjoy those kinds of cliches that a lot of other systems really don't support. Like, you can't be like, okay, you're dangling a school bus of children in Shadowrun. Because it's like, are, are, we, I, get, are we getting paid? Yeah, am I getting it's paid like, for saving them? Like, and, and also, like, can't really help them. <laughs> I can shoot them to end it faster. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> like, wait, wait, wait. I got the ultimate power for the situation. Nine one one. Cool bus of children. I, I feel like t- in Shadowrun you'd be like nine one one, and they're like, "Can you present your sensor?" And you're like, "No." And they're like, "Can you pay for the call?" No. And nine one one. Yeah. They're like, "All right, I guess we're going with big trampoline plan." <laughs> so, so it, it's it's the system that is made for those cliches, and yeah. it can be a lot of fun making a character and and figuring out how they react to those situations and yeah. what they prioritize. Yeah. And and like there are a lot of like stories and properties that would fit that kind of cliche for lack of a better word superhero model like what came to mind immediately was like a captain planet campaign mm-hmm. where you play as uh the kids with the rings yeah and, and like that sounds like a fun campaign mm-hmm. or like, an or an adam west campaign where you need <laughs> shark repellent or else you're in big trouble <laughs> That's why I have my utility belt with my bat shark repellent. <laughs> I, I would also love to do like maybe more Eastern, like darker stories. Like I'm thinking things like Jujutsu Kaisen or Demon Slayer. Yeah. You could do all those as well with yeah, Games of Masterminds. This also fits anime real well. It fits yeah, anime yeah, very, very real well. well. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I got My Hero Academia. My hair, Kaisen. My hair, Wait, that, that one's like the gimme. Yeah, how, do, how, do, how do I do a high school full of girls that want to date a boy in this? <laughs> that works, okay? Everyone has powers of charm like, in some way. <laughs> the funny thing is, by, there is a uh, supplemental fortitude. book called Hero High. That's yeah. an entire book. It's about as big as a player's handbook detailing how you run a superhero high school. Nice. nice. Sky high, let's do it. Terrible deep cut. <laughs> Dude, sky high was so cool. <laughs> I love Sky High as a kid. Not a great movie. Does not hold up. Uh, Do we have any questions for the rest? Questions for the rest. So, questions for the rest. This is this is me asking questions to you guys. I was a game master for the one shot, and basically, these questions are going to be. Me asking your experience and expectations with Mutants and Masterminds in general as players, but also kind of like, what were your hopes or what would you want to see from a Mutants and Masterminds campaign in the future? So to begin with, what was your favorite part of the one-shot? I'll ask a question for each of you. So what was your favorite part of the one-shot? Yeah, I know what Chris's favorite part is, and I think it might have just been the highlight of the one shot <laughs> going halfway into the, the centipede dimension. <laughs> the centipede dimension. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, you can explain the centipede dimension if you want to make that yours. So, the, the fourth power person, centipede character, right? Yeah. Yeah. Who has a name. Mr. 100. Mr. 100. Uh, we had decided on a meta level, like, what his, the reason his powers work, player that may not have decided this, uh, is that he's a portal to the centipede dimension, and all our characters were part of, like, basically this secret organization, you know, guarding the world from unnatural threats uh, without the world's knowledge. Uh, and the reason that he, you know, information about him is top secret isn't because it's, like, dangerous information to know. It's just because it's disturbing. And, yeah. you know, the fewer people know, the better it is for them. For um, own sake, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the character himself, Mr. Wonhart, doesn't know he's a portal to the... Centipede dimension. dimension. Uh, and so, at one point, uh, maybe someone here got stuck halfway, halfway through his slide. Yeah. Good well, times. That was because of you also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that was probably my favorite part of the campaign was just using my powers in a way that made sense based on everything that we had established previously. Like, oh, the the holes, if it closes while something's in it, it gets like thrown out to the other side. And, you know, we open it and we can go to the other side of, of walls and stuff. And being able to make that creative solution of, okay, we're going to open up a a super long tunnel and we need to get here real fast, so we're all going to walk in, I'm going to close it and fucking launch the party. Yeah. Being able to push your powers and and do that hero stunting, uh, power stunting, was super cool. It was really fun to have that conception of my power would work that way and mechanically being able to to fulfill that. Mm-hmm. Um, I also just really enjoyed the character dynamics, but I don't think that has a lot to do with that the, was the system. Yeah. It was it was just silly and fun. Yeah. I think that's what, what my favorite thing was was the, <laughs> was the fun dynamics. character dynamics and yeah. when I when when my character uh, used your shock collar <laughs> 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 and then incurred a level of injury on yeah. you. <laughs> Uh, I take it back. Uh, somewhat related, my actual favorite system is uh, favorite part was figuring out whether we can do what your favorite part is. Mm. It's like using the charts and being like, okay, we need to cut this section out of the wall here to make a portal here. The portal has to be this large, and there being easy to figure out concrete numbers for this. Like yeah, we didn't like- have to go to Google <laughs> yeah. to Google anything. We didn't have to look real hard and think about it for like uh, an, hour, how, yeah. an hour or so. It was like. Well, it needs to be this size and this volume. And this is the DC. This is what you got to roll. Yeah, and this is what you got to roll. And that being very clear cut, that was nice so that you can... It made it feel like there's a bit of freedom to just do dumb things. And it wouldn't be tough for the GM to figure out. It's like, I have this idea to finagle something and do this random silly thing. It's like, yeah, there's mechanics and rules for that. Yeah. That doesn't make it up yeah. to waffling or anything. But, yeah. but also, <laughs> mechanics and rule f- rules for that that aren't super crunchy. Because we yeah. had a similar yeah. situation with, I want to hit those guys with my car in the shadow yeah. of one shot. And we were like, how much damage does that do? <laughs> yeah. What do they need to roll to avoid this? It, and yeah. and it, was, it was a mess. But for this, it was so clear cut. And mm-hmm. I, I and, love that about the system. And the continuation of that, when you guys went down that tunnel and I'm like, okay, now it's time to roll damage resistance because you're flying out of a tunnel and hitting a straight like wall. So, mm-hmm. and, and being able to be like, oh, my character catches them. It reduces the damage they take by this amount because my power is this and this is how fast they were going. And 
Like yeah. the, a, a lot of the systems interlink in a way mm-hmm. that Very makes uh, calculating that kind of stuff take minutes instead of yeah. half an hour. Yeah, I got fucked up because yeah. of that wall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Running it seems like things are very smooth, unlike the creation. Cool. If you could make a different character or in another campaign, what would be the ideal character you'd want to make? I would like to make, you know, Johnny Blaze. Like I would like to make... Ghost Rider? Uh, no. no uh, Fantastic, Fantastic Four. Four the Human, Human Torch. Torch. Oh, Human Torch. Torch. His name's Johnny Blaze, right? Yeah. Am I yeah. wrong? Yeah. You're, you're okay, I, I wasn't it. sure. But I think yeah. you might also be right. That <laughs> might be uh, Ghost, Ghost Rider. Rider's also Johnny Blaze. Maybe. Uh, but I would like to make that character, but like a Frozone version, like an ice Oh, Johnny Freeze. Johnny Freeze, exactly. I, I think that'd be fun. I think Iceman. Is literally just that. Well, that's the thing. Like, I don't know enough From characters Marvel? out there. Jonathan Blaze. There you go. Ghost Rider. We <laughs> just looked it up. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's funny because whatever character you can think of, like, there's probably something similar. Obviously not Mr. 100. That's a very creative uh, centipede-related hero. But there's so many characters out there in, like, DC, Marvel, and even extended beyond that. So, yeah, what I'm saying, like, you know, I've got his superhero name... Johnny Freeze? Human Torch? Human Torch, yeah. Also, Johnny Storm. Johnny, oh, his name is Johnny Storm. Yeah. Why is his name Johnny Storm and not Johnny Blaze? He's, he's fire! Because Johnny Blaze is a it's ghost writer. Yeah, exactly. And, and oh, he has geez. to be siblings with Susan. Susan yeah, Storm, yeah. That's fair. That's very fair. So, like, the character mm-hmm. I'm thinking of, yeah. like, Johnny Freeze yeah. already exists, probably. Yeah. But, I don't know. Yeah, I think that's no, that's, that's sweet. And it has a very obvious weakness. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I have trouble Children. like uh, being Children. creative on the spot Children sometimes. <laughs> uh, I have a lot of fragmented ideas. I feel like it would depend on the tone. If we're doing mm-hmm. the same tone that we just did, I think I'd do a character that doesn't have a superpower. I was going to say an equipment-based one or yeah, something. Yeah, like equipment-based like, like a one. Black Widow or a Hawkeye. Yeah. yeah, but like rather than Black Widow or Hawkeye, which are combat-focused, I'd probably have him like more investigation-focused. Like, I'd love to... to like if clue. They, yeah, yeah, clue. Like, if they have a superpower, it's the fact that they're always black and white kind of thing, and they're noir, like always noir. Yeah, like, yeah. I, you, I, just, you just want to make question. You yeah, just want to make question. Question, that's it. Yeah. Okay. I thought I his name was Clue for some no, reason. No, it's <laughs> okay, we're getting all... Technically, his name is The Question, but yeah. Or really fuck with the GM and just pick a character that has limited, like, future, future sight and be like, all right, give me a vision of the future kind of thing mm-hmm. and see how we can make that but, work. That, that was actually my original character concept for yeah. the for the one-shot. And I was like, that's going to be such a piece of shit. Yeah, <laughs> especially if you have, like, I invested everything in future sight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that was that was the entire plan. I was like, yeah. he's going to be a normal dude that just has intense future sight. <laughs> <laughs> I think I really want to play a, like, Nightcrawler-type character. Mm-hmm. I, I love the shenanigans that you can do with teleportation, like, short range teleportation. Yeah. Uh, so so just being able to you know like oh grab the enemy and teleport them to the sky. I love those things. Yeah. I, I just think it'd be fun to play with. Yeah. Uh, I think that's all the questions I have for you. Yeah. Cool. Anything cool. else we want to mention? Um, I I kind of want to touch on the the things that I I think people should avoid or that I don't mm. like about the system. Yeah. The first is. In character creation, for all systems, I tend to be a very mechanics-first player. 
I enjoy figuring out mechanically what my character does and then figuring out the flavor based on what I've chosen. <laughs> yeah, uh, you can't do that in this. It, it helps with min-maxing. You can do that in this, but the things that you can do with the systems and layering the powers, you can do some incredibly busted, broken things. Uh, I think the the toilet nuke is the one toilet, that's... Uh, the toilet nuker, yeah. Like, you can gain, basically, omnipotence, and you can see anything on the planet, and then create an attack that lets you do incredible amounts of damage. Anywhere. Anywhere that you can see. Mm. It's like, oh, I can see everywhere, and I can do huge damage, and then I would just sit in a bunker underground and then then shoot all of the bad guys. It's like, oh, well, that's boring. Uh, So you really do need to go flavor first, because mechanically, Mm -hmm. you can absolutely destroy the system, uh, because they're trying to make it flexible, and it's, it's really about that social contract between GMs and players that yeah. you're not just trying to create some <laughs> weird, hor- horrifying creature that is intended to break the game. Yeah. It needs to be like, oh, I I care about this character and this flavor, and that's what I'm going for, yeah. and building around that. But Winning game. the game is not, I beat the game. Winning the game is, this was a really fun, engaging story. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, that's the fact with all tabletop yeah. role-playing games, but yeah. I feel like... This in this game it gets emphasized more because they're trying to do comics. And yeah. that, I mean, like you don't read a comic just because the character wins at the end. You read a comic because it's an interesting story. Yeah. Uh, regardless of whether they in- win in the end or not, there's plenty of very popular comics that the characters don't end up winning, yeah. or like things go very badly before in a sequel that things end up yeah. going well. You yeah. can make the min-maxer, but yeah. all I'm saying is good luck finding out how to make that min-max out of the <laughs> gate. Like, Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> the min-maxer will take a while. Yeah. yeah. I feel like it's also would take you longer to go mechanics first than to go flavor first. Oh, 100%. Yeah. But if you know the system really also, well. If you know yeah. the like, system, wow, yeah. I what suppose. is it called? I forget the specific uh, name for it, but it's like traits or abilities um, advantages advantages yeah. yeah i feel like advantages you can go wild with oh, yeah and there's there's so many of them and a lot of them are good yeah. and a lot of them you could argue, justify yeah, yeah and you like justify for your character, character. Yeah. and so that's that's another kind of like Easy you know pit that you can yeah. kind of fall into yeah. in character creation Advantages are not like superpowers, they're simple, you just pick it, uh, and if it has multiple levels, you pick the level you want, and mm-hmm. it's basically a thing that is not necessarily related to a power, it could be, but not necessarily related to your powers that makes you better in some way. Yeah. One, of, one of the prime examples is there's an advantage called benefit that covers a lot of stuff, but one of the benefits you could have is diplomatic immunity, because your character's from... A different country or something. Yeah, or like, oh, because of your character status or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, an advantage you can have is attractive. Has nothing to do with your powers. Like maybe uh, f- uh, flavor-wise, you want to flavor it as such, but it's just like you're attractive, and that can give you benefits. If people find you attractive, and you're trying mm-hmm. to do a social thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, is there anything else that people don't really like about the system, or or had problems with? I mean, like we did talk about damage and how yeah. that works, and. Although I do really like it, it's, I also, it's kind of straddling two things, right? Because I also do like having a damage track, Mm -hmm. and so it is, I do like it, but I also wouldn't like if that was the only thing I was playing, you know? Because I I like being able to 
kind of stack up damage and know how much damage I'm dealing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, like, being damaged and healing and stuff like that, where there is that, obviously, but yeah. it's just handled in a very different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The thing I like that I find difficult with it is that a lot of aspects of it, especially the character creation, but even some other aspects like the damage and what have you, uh, you need to be used to. Like, there's a high learning curve. Yeah. It's like once you pass the learning curve, it's really fun. Even making the characters, it's the highest learning curve out of everything. I don't think I'm past the learning curve. But it's really fun if you can get past the learning curve. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's just, it's very unique. And yeah, to, to Caleb's point, it's really not a war gamers game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, like, no, no, like no. Lancer is, is a war game almost mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. Uh, but realistically, this is a narrative first game. Yeah. Uh, and, and the mechanics really do push that to the forefront. Yeah, they yeah. supplement that. Like, I could see this potentially working on a, like, a tabletop. Mm-hmm. But, like, it flourishes in theater of the mind. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I think, like, absolutely. in terms of campaign length that you want to play this with, I think it can work for a one-shot, even though... But if you are doing Don't one do shot, it for a one-shot... If, if you are doing it for one-shot, mm-hmm. use pre-made characters, yeah. I would recommend. Yeah. I w- but I would say maybe not a long campaign, but, like, maybe a medium. I think that's... I think you can Will do else. a long campaign and you know, transition the story. Like yeah. Spider Man's been yeah, going you need for, to transition the story. Yeah, yeah. Spider Man's been going for ages now, Definitely. decades. Maybe even reboot the story in a couple <laughs> yeah. ways. Yeah. Really give it that uh, comic twist. <laughs> it would be very funny if if you ran a campaign and then you're like, okay, next campaign we're rebooting the franchise. <laughs> yeah. Your character is now played by Andrew Garfield. <laughs> Andrew Garfield. <laughs> Make your character as if they were played yeah. by Andrew Garfield. And now they're a little bit different. They don't yeah. have webs in their arms. They have a little thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think for a one shot, it's kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it would be fun. Uh, for a one shot, I think it'd be fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, if you're not doing character creation, because yeah. again, as I was yeah. saying, if I were to GM, I would do, and you know, we're making our own character a session zero for each character. Imagine doing four session zeros to then do a one shot. Yeah, not worth it. It's like yeah. the turn on investments very low. Yeah. <laughs> Twelve hours for a four hour game. Yeah. yeah, 12 hours of prep, minimum. I mean, a lot of people like game. making characters. Yeah. Maybe. Scratches that itch. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, with pre-made characters, I think it's fine to do a one-shot, but yeah. don't without it. I think this is a personal opinion, but I think yeah. I think in a long campaign, I would probably get tired of the, the system a little bit. Mm-hmm. But that's why I think it is very narrative-focused. I think that's what would have to, like, kind of keep me in it is probably, like, the story around it rather than, like, the, the narrative engagement. About it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of that, I had a thought. This is not a... Just one? <laughs> yeah, it's my... Words. Life. My final thought. <laughs> uh, I had a thought related to just tabletop RPGs in general uh, because of the system, uh, because of playing this and thinking about that for the podcast, and that is, I feel like there's a lot of aspects to mechanics uh, and tabletop RPGs, and you, you usually get just two. And mechanics are either story-centric, and they encourage storytelling, and, you know, uh, they focus on bringing out a story rather than, you know, realism or what have you. Uh, they are interesting to play, or they are highly replayable. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm thinking uh, Dread is a system that is story-centric and interesting. Not very replayable, I think. 
Like, I think you get bored of the mechanics very quickly uh, uh, f uh, for Dread. Uh, and you would not be able to play a long-form Dread campaign. You would not be able to play a long-form Dread campaign. Even, like, doing it twice in a row, it's like, eh, you'll get bored. Dread's uh, mechanic is it's a Jenga tower. Yeah. And every time you do something challenging, you pull from the Jenga tower. And if yeah. the Jenga tower uh, collapses, your character dies. It's a horror RPG. I feel like Ten Candles is very similarly so, uh, like that, where yeah. I think you'd get tired of that if yeah. you kept doing it. And there are other, I feel like, more story-centric systems that are also like that. I feel like this one is in that vein as well. I find very interesting. I find it's story-centric. You, I don't think, want to do two campaigns in a row of uh, meetings and masterminds, even if uh, you're doing different characters and what have you, and even if it was a good-length campaign, like moderate length. I... I... I was just thinking that the way that I might find that interesting for me, that, mm -hmm. that would make it quote-unquote replayable, yep. is have a shorter campaign, maybe like 10, 20 sessions of a campaign, and then you replay it, but it's like a reboot. It's the same campaign with the same character, slightly different. And it's not a time loop, but mm -hmm. it's basically... Well, we At see least a story retold. A story retold, yeah. and it in it kind of becomes this thing where maybe your characters suddenly your characters become aware that yeah. these things happened already, mm -hmm. and then that becomes a big overarching. Yeah. Oh, so, uh, so how you'd be engaged with the mechanics is a good story. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Yes. Uh, 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 so just to be clear, when I say interesting, I don't mean like you know just interesting. You uh, the Jenga Tower <laughs> is interesting. Sure. Sorry, or like another system could be interesting. Uh, I mean, like fun to play. Like you're mm -hmm. looking forward to the mechanics. Lancer is very replayable and interesting, but it's not very. It's not story centric at all. Mm -hmm. The mechanics. I feel like a lot, mo uh, a lot of RPGs are like they get too mechanics wise. Their mechanics gets two out of the three. Yeah, I think building off what you're saying about like what would make me want to play it. I think having a short campaign like ten to twenty, and then what I think I would like is. Have that campaign and then have the repercussions of that campaign or like, you know, this the C list heroes right under them yeah. while this is going. Or, or on. like yeah. a generational like, or something like, like, like that. Like yeah, exactly. You play the, the people inspired by the characters that you Yeah, like Watchmen, you know, and then yeah. after that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that would be interesting. I thought you were gonna say what I find it well what I would find interesting is that nothing. I fucking hate it. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, it sucks. The worst one. Yeah, I say I, I find that was such a thought. Like, start with like the highest power level, and then just the next, uh, and make keep it a short campaign, and just go the next power level <laughs> yeah. down until yeah, yeah, like, yeah. what are these guys doing? Yeah, until you get to just the normal people. Mm -hmm. Well, in that case, it could be very interesting to run a very short campaign, and it's the highest power level, yeah. and then the next campaign you do the lower power level, yeah. but it's during the same time period yeah, as the yeah, highest that's power. What mean. That's, oh, that's, that's what, what you mean. That's what you mean. Okay, yeah. 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 Just go like down, down, down until down you get road. to like until you get to like the office workers and Avengers HQ, <laughs> <laughs> or like or like the beat cops dealing with the capacity oh, yeah, the that's cop. happening. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and then you switch to a different system. <laughs> <laughs> then it becomes a uh, what? What would it be? Blades in the dark. Blades in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It always comes back to Blades in the Dark. It's always it, it, Blades in the Dark blades all, all the way up. It's either Blades in the Dark or Eclipse Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's that's interesting to think about when you are looking at a new system of how long of a campaign does it 
like support yeah and and maintain player interest yeah because I, I do that a lot where I'm like I like ca- systems and campaigns where it's like this is this is punching and it's quick but I wouldn't play a lot of them mm-hmm. Spire was Spire, very similar yeah. to that where it's like yeah. I love Spire passionately but I could not play five Spire campaigns a week whereas something like D&D it, it has enough of that like crunch and complexity that I can play 10 D&D characters that are all so incredibly dif- different from each other just because of how much is in that system. Yeah. Um, well, you can't do that, uh, even for something like Mutants and Masterminds, because it's not like you have, you know, spells and abilities and all these things that are, su- like, super unique to every character. Because mm-hmm. uh, you, you, you yeah. got to make it yourself. Yeah, you got to make it yourself as, like, a, a barrier. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing is... You, again, as we discussed with progression, you're not gaining a lot of new mm. abilities. And so, like, you can only play uh, with the same ability so long before you get bored. Yeah, and mechanically, things end up very homogenous. Yeah. yeah. So, Which has its pluses and minuses. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. So I think, like, altogether, who should be playing this system? What can you expect from it? I think if you're into the superhero sort of genre, mm-hmm. obviously, definitely that. Mm-hmm. If you're into very heavy story elements in your tabletop role-playing games. I think it's great for that. If you like making unique things. If you like making unique things, definitely. And if you like more simplified mechanics in terms of playing it, mm-hmm. I think it's great for that, too. And, yeah. you know, versatility in the things that you can do, yeah. I think it's great for that, too. Weebs? Great for weebs. Great yeah. for weebs. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, character creation, that's another... Big sticking point. Yeah, it, uh, it has a high barrier to entry. If you if yeah. you find the stories that it tells, or if you look through like the mechanics and stuff, and you're like, you know, uh, you like the idea of how smooth it is, or you know, it fits a story, and you're willing to work past that barrier of entry, then yes. But like, yeah. I feel like barrier of entry is pretty strong on this one. Like yeah. the strongest of everything we've uh, talked about so, so far. Listen to the tips we give, like. <laughs> Take already existing characters, modify them, use them as reference. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get it right on the first try. If you do, congrats, you're great. Yeah. Um, but if you don't, don't worry. It's, it's mm-hmm. yeah. Iterate, especially after the first couple sessions, you'll notice very quickly the, the flaws and how your powers are working yeah. and how yeah. your character is set up. I also really wouldn't recommend it for new players. Oh, I, would, I would agree. Not or new GMs, just like if you're new to tabletop role playing games in general. Pick something easier I first. Think, yeah, this is a mid uh, a mid experience, like your mm-hmm. intermediate player. I yeah, think. No, not mediocre. <sighs> yeah, sorry, not mediocre. It's you, you're not mid. <laughs> in a way, I think this is higher than mid. In you my personal so? opinion, yeah, I think this is on the harder scale, mm. on the more niche. Uh, it's on the more niche and the more difficult. So advanced, scale. And yeah, instead of intermediate. On the yeah. tier list, I put it with Eclipse Face. Mm. Sorry, no, with Exalted. Yeah, I also think Exalted is a more adva- advanced oh, game. Yeah. Uh, I think Shadowrun is intermediate, because it's a lot on the GM, but on the players it's not uh, as rough. Yeah. Uh, so it's, I think Shadowrun's intermediate, you know, D&D's beginner. Yes. Uh, Speaking of the tier list, that's the next episode. Yeah. Oh, Our tier list. That's, such a, that's a cool episode. <laughs> the tier list episode? Yeah. <laughs> we're going to make five tier lists. Yeah, cool. And we're going to rank each game we've played based on different categories on the tier list. Cool. Uh, GURPS, triple F. <laughs> All the way through. Yeah. Straight to hell. <laughs> Straight to hell. Straight to hell with the GURPS. All right, well... 
Thank you all for joining me on another solid episode of the Table Topics Podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed. As always, my name is Caleb. Joining me have been... Ennis. Christian. Santiago. And you know, if you're not feeling too great, just change your socks. And that's, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Ram.